You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. It's a great day. It's a great day. Did you sense it as you walked onto this church campus? Did you sense something different and something exciting? It's a great day. It's Easter and the Lord has risen. And on this day is a great day of victory. And I want you to turn to Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verse, picking up at verse 18. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be, be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this, this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, his body was gone just as a woman had said. Jump down to verse 31. Suddenly their eyes were opened. And they recognized him at that moment. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Praise the Lord. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they walked uh, as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him ha, how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread father i pray in the name of jesus you will experience we will experience that resurrection in each of our souls this morning i pray god that you'll take my feebleness my weaknesses and put them aside and let your powerful spirit reign and rule today Open our eyes to your reality. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back to another day. A day of contagious excitement. It was Tuesday, May 8th, 1945. A day to be remembered. From that moment on, that day has been called VE Day. The day of victory in Europe. All over America, the news was being broadcast and announced by radio that World War II that had been ended. And people rushed out in the streets and began to leap for joy. Can you imagine? Mothers and, 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 and dads were thrilled that their sons would soon be coming home. Housewives were leaping for joy because, uh, because their, their husbands would be coming home. Children were dancing in the streets because their daddies would soon be coming home. They ran outside, began screaming and with delight. After six years of, of, of bombing and rationing and great loss of life, it was finally over. 
Our nation since that day has set aside days to commemorate brave men and women and the sacrifices they made to bring about victories for our nation. Yet of all the victories that have ever been won through the ages, none has been celebrated with the intensity that we Christians celebrate Easter. Hallelujah. Why? Because Easter is the day that Christians celebrate the greatest victory in the greatest battle that has ever been fought. The battle was between the two greatest superpowers that have ever been in existence. The battle between the forces of evil and the forces of righteousness. The battle was between Jesus Christ and Satan. And when Christ arose from the grave, he was and is the all-time victor. Hallelujah. We do not celebrate a, a victory one day out of the year. And the fact is, we celebrate that victory every time we gather together. Hallelujah. Every time, every Sunday, praise his name. Even though we call this one Sunday Easter, they, in, in essence, every Sunday uh, uh, is Easter Sunday as we celebrate Christ's victory over death. Amen. You see, his great victory was not just for himself. It was for all of us. All of us. He said this about his victory. Because I live, you shall live also. Hallelujah. John 14, 19. Think about it. Think about it with me. How, how the lives around us are being filled with hope. Praise his name. But, but like it always seems to be, things change and, 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 and dash our hopes throughout the days and weeks. Suddenly a triumphant entry in, in Jerusalem, we talked about that last week, was, uh, was leading the appearance of a, a, a tragedy. Talk about suffering and, and betrayal and arrest, a trial filled with mockery. And finally, the most hideous crucifixion. There in the grave, their hopes were sealed with a stone on Friday. But then, early the third day, hallelujah, the dawn revealed the power of God beyond anything they had ever known. Beyond. Only now could they begin to understand what the cross meant. God hadn't lost to the opposition, but used the opposition to reveal his opportunity. And they partook of it. The defeat was actually a door that they entered. They entered. The tragedy was part of the human triumph, and they shared in it. The ultimate sacrifice had released the ultimate power, and they embraced it. Amen? What about you? Do you embrace it as well? That victory, that hope, that triumph over death do you embrace it the easter celebration is is simply this we live in a world in which god gets the last word hallelujah whatever stories have been sealed have sealed your hopes uh, uh, i pray that you may know now know that god's power is able to move those things even stones of uncertainty for those of you who are searching this morning, God can move that stone away from your life. 
in celebration, the resurrection of Christ, we, we are reminded in the scripture that this event was never merely an impersonal a concept of power. It was a personal encounter with the power from the Most High. If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, pick up at verse 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. I pass on to you what was important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, note this, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. It was not just for them. It was for him, signifying it's for all of us. Praise his name. All of us. The Apostle Paul, once a religious leader uh, known as Saul, he was, he was uh, a zealot. He was compelled to silence the testimony of every Christian, everyone who concerned himself with Christ. Uh, he, but he had an encounter, a Damascus Road encounter, and he saw with his own eyes, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ himself. He understood the power of the resurrection. In the presence of an almighty God in his life. The Apostle Paul prays this in Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people are who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the, right, in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us. Hallelujah. That power comes not to a planet, not to a people, not to a universe, but it comes to you and to me, my friends. You might, we, how might we understand that power? Come, perhaps the best introduction to his power was itself introduced to those most unlikely, those who took part in his death, a guard who was part of that, those who came to arrest Jesus and had been one of the, uh, there had been one of Jesus' followers who had foolishly cut off a, a guard's ear in defense of Jesus, a prisoner named Barabbas, himself awaiting death, having, having been found guilty of insurrection and murder, a centurion official whose responsibility was to watch over this controversial figure until he died. Each of these, God had begun to cut in on, on their, their lives unexpectedly, to trust in the hope and power at hand. How their souls once awakened, must have stirred that night wherever they were gathered. Something was different about the death of that man on that cross. Each life saw something of the future. Something of the power of God was summoned 
by it. They experience a divine intervention, a divine presence at hand. The resurrection at hand would confirm just that. And what is this power that comes to call all our lives? Let me suggest a few things. Number one, the power to release us. The power to release us by defeating the power of sin and shame. Like Barabbas, we stand guilty before a righteous God, uh, though, though not as prisoners who have been publicly condemned, but as prisoners of our own honest conscience. We know what we're like when we look in the mirror. We know what we're like when we're sitting all alone in our bedrooms at night. We know what we're like and what we're really like when nobody else does. All of us know what it's like to be a child, don't we? Can you remember that far, some of you? Remember the time when your mom or dad says, Don't touch that. Don't cross the street without me. Don't put your hand in the cookie jar. Right? We all know what it's like. And what happens right after we've been told not to do that? Right? You know why? Because that's a product of our inherent sin nature. We all suffer from that. So with our life, even as we get older, try as we might, our nature sprouts impurity. Led untouched, led unrestrained. It shouldn't surprise us when we do things that we're ashamed of. Do things that we're not proud of. Do things that hurt others. For the separation of humanity from God is, is depicted a, a way back in the garden. We have a broken relationship with God both in, in the depths of our souls and the actions of our hearts. This is precisely the reason why Jesus Christ came. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. He bore our cause. He has forgiven all our sins, canceled all the record of our debt. He paid it all. Christ has done away with it by, by nailing it to the cross. For that we should be thankful. Amen? How many sins are left un unforgiven? How many secret records await us? No, my friends, when Christ said it is, it is finished, what he was saying is paid in full. Paid in full. And the resurrection serves as the receipt. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you feel condemned by your past, ashamed by your being, all that you believe you are and should be, uh, Jesus says this, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He, if you will give our lives to you, him and receive him as Lord of our lives, he will, he, hallelujah, he will, we will enjoy a freedom like we've never had before. For the resurrection attests that he indeed has defeated the power of sin and shame forevermore. Secondly is this, 
the power to restore us by defeating the power of, the, of, of, of evil. As we as moved as we are to, uh, to hear, have his ear restored, I think about it. As the Bible says, do not become, uh, don't overcome evil. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Had seen many rulers, that man, but none were any different than this man. He doesn't have the power for power's sake. Only such a supernatural nature could make something of this mess. And you remember the situation. He cut off the ear of the guard and it's lying there on the ground and bleed, the man's bleeding. And, and Jesus simply reaches over, grabs that ear and places it back on the man's head and leaves it. And no more blood and the ear is whole. Who is this man? Who is this man? How, how much greater... With the resurrection revealed that God has the ability to overcome evil with good, to work all things out for those who love him. Amen? All things out for good. How much greater would the resurrection reveal that God has the ability to overcome evil with good, to work all things together for good? Let me illustrate this. Only over a hundred years ago, there, there, in a Scottish seaside inn, a group of fishermen were, were living their day of uh, fishing that day. And uh, they had been at the sea, at sea a long time. And as the serving maid came along to bring the pot of tea to them, all of a sudden one exuberant fisherman got a little excited talking about how big the fish was he caught that day. As Just as a maid was coming with a hot pot of tea, a tea he, she, he said, how big? And that pot of tea went flying across the room, breaking upon a wall that had been freshly whitewashed. Those of you who know about tea know that if you splatter nice good tea over a whitewashed wall, you're going to have a stain. The inn owners came out running and said, oh, we just painted that wall. It's, it's going to be there forever. It's, it's, it's a mess. What are we going to do? And I just don't understand. The whole wall will have to be repainted. And out of the corner of that inn, someone said, perhaps not. Perhaps not. All eyes turned to the stranger in the corner who had spoken. The innkeeper said, well, what do you mean? Let me work on that stain, he said. Standing up from the table in the corner, he, if my work meets your approval, you won't need to repaint that wall. The stranger picked up a box and went to the wall, opening the box. He went through pencils and brushes and some glass jars of uh, uh, linseed oil and pigment. And, and he began to sketch lines around the, the stain and, and fill it in here and a little dab of color there. And, 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 and all of a sudden, shading there and shading here, soon a picture began to emerge. The random splashes of tea had been turned into an image of a stag. A with a magnificent rack of horns. At the bottom of the picture, the man inscribed the signature. There, then he paid his meal and left. The innkeeper and all the, those there were stunned and examined the wall. Do, do you know who that man was? He said in amazement. The signature read E.H. Landseer. Indeed, they had been visited by the well-known painter of wildlife, Sir Edwin 
Landseer. You see, God wants to take the stains and disappointments of our lives and not just merely erase them, but turn them into something beautiful. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn them into something beautiful that we can share with others and touch their lives because look, to be able to say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. So it was for those, for those that Jesus came to, whether they were a cheating tax collector because of God's, the testimony of generosity or harlots, harlots became heroes. Fishermen, fishermen, oh, they left their profession, became fishers of men. Praise God. Jesus came to offer not just eternal life. He came to offer abundant life. Praise his name. It's not just to add days to our lives, but to add life to our days. Praise God. If you have found your life, if you have found your life story is stuck, the resurrection testifies that God can join you in finishing the story for his glory. Thirdly and finally, the power to reveal eternity by defeating the power of death and futility. Death is a strange reality in our culture, perhaps because we are leaders of modern thought who have learned to control so much of what we do and how we look. We spend thousands of dollars to look younger than we really are. The problem is we can't change the inside. Your heart will stay the same age. All your organs will stay the same age. You may have every tuck and, 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 and whatever you're going to do. Can erase the, 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 all the crow's feet and all that kind of stuff, but you can't change the clock inside of each of us. It's the culture of youth. We seek thrills. We seek, we seek uh, escape, tell, uh, you know, t- putting away the mundane. You, our, whis- our soul whispers for something more, something greater, something beyond. But we, we try to hide it and, and mask it and, and tantalize it with thrills and escapes. We live vicariously through sports figures and celebrities to whom we, we pay great salaries. And it makes no sense. But so that we can have freedom from death. Or maybe just slavery to our fears of a different kind. Because death is inescapable. Every one of us is going to die. Every one of us. My hair, I was going to say, is graying. What I have left of it. And my gut is loosening. And my aches, let's just say they're there and they're multiplying. Have you seen this t-shirt? It says, he who dies with the most toys still dies. (laughs) That's a sharp one, isn't it? I don't, I often quote this. At funerals, but it's very appropriate for today. At a gravesite service, I'm reminded of an Indiana cemetery where 
there lies a tombstone with this inscription. It says, pause, stranger, as you pass me by. As you, now, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. An unknown stranger came by years later, and nobody knows who or why, but they came along and scratched an answer to that statement. He says, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. That's an important question to have answered. The questions of death. That is what captured the centurion. When he heard it is finished, it didn't sound like it was finished, like that was the end. It sounded more like the beginning and an invitation. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and so it was that the power of death itself, what the scripture referred to as the last great enemy, was itself destroyed by the one who held its power and with it the fear and futility of life for those who are in Christ Jesus. We no longer have to fear death. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 2 verses 14 through 15 say this. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. My friend, if you're here and you're afraid to die, you have not made Jesus Lord of all your life. A little boy and father were driving down the road one spring day out in the country, out beautiful scenery all around. It was a little bit warm, so they had the windows rolled down, and suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew into the, into the car. Well, suddenly, the little boy became frantic. He, he, he was deathly allergic to bee stings, and, and he became petrified. But the father quickly reached over and grabbed that bee in his hand, squeezing it a little bit, and, and then he released it. But as soon as he let it go, the boy got petrified all over again, became very fearful, and once again it buzzed around the boy's head, and his father saw the panic in this poor little boy's face, and once again the father reached out his hand, but as he reached out his hand, he pointed to the stinger that was embedded in his hand. Do you see this, he said? You don't need to be petrified anymore. I've taken the sting for you. And this is the message of Easter. <laughs> we do not need to be afraid of death anymore. Christ faced death for us. And by his victory, we are saved from sin. Christ has taken the sting. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 asks this question. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Christ has taken, has taken the stinger for us. Praise his name. When he rose from the death, he took it from us. Fear is gone. New life is ours. And so it is that the resurrection establishes the defeat of our greatest enemy, 
sin, curses, death, and God is still through Christ and by his power releasing prisoners today, restoring lives today, and revealing eternity today. Hallelujah. In the same way, in the same way that the star-spangled banner picture that rockets are glaring and red glare and bombs bursting in air give proof through the night that our flag is still there, so Christ came as a definitive invasion of God upon the powers and principalities of the world and staked the cross as his flag of victory. And so the resurrection gives proof through our nights that the cross is still there. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name forevermore. While your heads are bowed and eyes closed, just... Just in case, there's a lot of excitement here this morning. A lot of people excited about the resurrection. But just as true as I'm standing here today, there might be one or two or a dozen people that are not right with Jesus. You clapped your hands and sang the songs. You smiled when they said happy Easter and you returned that compliment back but in your hearts you know where you stand in your heart you've never been free you've never never experienced the resurrection power in your life maybe you've heard about it all your life and but you never made that that time of prayer, that time of commitment. Maybe you know the whole story and could come up here and share it with us word for word, item by item, but, but you don't trust it for your own life. Don't let this Easter go by without you coming to Jesus. I can't tell you how many people I've done their funerals just after an Easter Sunday, just a few months after the world celebrated resurrection. They had their, their chance. Just like you have a chance this morning. If you're here this morning and you know you're not where you need to be with Jesus, you've been playing a game or you've been just denying it, you just don't want to believe it, let me tell you, the grave is empty, and it's still empty. There's no bones in that grave. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's no bones. Because Jesus is alive. If you're here this morning and you want Jesus, you need Jesus, you got to have Jesus. Something inside of you says, I, I'm not right and I want to be right this morning. If that's you this morning, my friend, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day I can't think of a better day to come to him. Because you're going to have a whole church celebrating your salvation. More than that, the angels in heaven are going to celebrate. But if you're here this morning and you don't know him, you can. And we want to lead you to that place of salvation. 
want to lead you to a life uh, to the beginning of a life more abundant not just living but an abundant life if that's you and you would bravely signify that by lifting the hand and say pastor pray for me will you do that right now on the count of three if that's you just lift it up one two three thank you thank you anybody else Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? There's others. Come on. Thank you. Anybody else? Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. Anybody else? Come on. There's some men in this place. Thank you. Anybody else? He came for you, friend. He came for you. There's no other entity in the world, no other supposedly God in this world who's ever come, come out of the grave alive. None. But Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and King of kings. Anybody else? I'm going to ask us all to stand right now and we're going to pray but i want those if you're if christ was brave enough to face death for you you can be brave enough to come to an altar like this you say why there's something about our nature we need monuments in our life I can take you back to when I was 12 years old and in a children's church situation in the back row, one of the big kids in children's church, and God got a hold of me. And I can, I can remember on that day where I was when I said yes to Jesus. And so can most of you who have done that, can't you? You remember the moment, the time, and the place. So if you raise your hand, before the song even begins, I want you to start coming. Come on. Come. Don't wait for anybody else. We've all done it. We've all done it. Come and meet with me and Pastor Tim. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's others going to join you. Hallelujah. Is there any others? Come on. You're not alone. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ladies, you come on a good day. And don't be don't be caught up in, in the excitement of the day, because because it could have happened yesterday or tomorrow or the next day but God chose today to reveal himself to you and you have to recognize that we've all come to this place where we say I'm a sinner I need a savior and the devil's trying to yell uh, fool you and say you're, you're, you're good enough no we're not good enough we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God we've all all our righteousness 
all our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. So even the best of us by ourselves is not good enough without Jesus. Someone asked my wife, Pastor Cheryl, to place a hand on your back. I'm going to ask Pastor Tim to place a hand on you. And I want you to pray after me. Will you extend your hands towards these ladies? And you're going to simply pray this prayer out loud. Father, come on, ladies, say it with me. Father, I surrender. I've been running a long time. And I pray, God, that you'll forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. And set me free. Set me free from guilt. Set me free from shame. Set me free from all those things that have kept me up at night. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I'm yours. I surrender to your lordship. Fill me with your spirit. And I will serve you all the days of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for these ladies. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would just pour out your power and blessing on them. That in them right now, the resurrection is taking place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Right now, you are set, you have set them free. Have them realize that, that there's a party going on in heaven because they come home. Hallelujah. They finally come home. Lord, just bless them and encourage them and help them to get plugged in so that they don't wander away any longer or anymore. Order their steps from this day forward, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you live nearby and this is the church, you need to see that man right behind you because he's got something for you, okay? And he wants to tell you about something. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Give them a hand. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Oh, because he lives. Because he lives. We can face tomorrow. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.